Yeah, I think because I was playing around with bloody my microphones before, I just decided to, um, I don't know, just not have you come through for some reason. Like it goes, oh, hey, we recognize your microphone input. And I just switched to default, literally switched to default, and then it works. I'm like, just keep it at default. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why it does that stuff as well either. It's yeah. so strange. But yeah, this is episode something. <laughs> it's It's been a while. I can't oh, remember. I can tell you exactly what episode it is. Damn. And through the power of editing, you'll say it instantly. Because, uh, this is 15. Is this 15? What? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Is there any... Yeah. Have we timed it well with the topic of discussion? Is there anything to do with 15? Is that like the age of Robin when his parents um, die or something? Uh, no. Oh. Um, let me just think about it. It's been mm. 15 years since I was this excited for a Batman movie. There you go. Also not true. Oh. But that's not what we're actually talking about today. We're talking about the instant classic. The uh, Batman. Yeah, the Batman. Before we dive in, we will at some point probably this discuss is gonna be like spoilers scenes. pretty much the whole time. I I was gonna say like pretty much like it could just happen yeah. here and there. Yeah, it probably so if will. you don't want to get spoiled, like I'll just say this is to me more than just the best Batman movie, but Probably my favorite film of all time. I've already seen it like four times. Been out for five days, so. This Batman, I would say, is most heavily inspired by, uh, oddly enough, Adam Adam West's Batman in a few ways. What would be an example, I guess, just um, for the well, Like I told you, his cowl design is very, very similar. And also the way his cape sits on him and the length of said cape, which I know is like a weird thing to say, but... There was one shot where you see him standing there with like fr- sort of from the back or yep. like slightly to the side. And I was just like, oh, that really looks like Adam West's cape and cowl from mm. this angle. Like um, the use of villains, which is, a, you know, a spoiler. Um, the way that Riddler's riddles are funny. Yes. Which um, the stool pigeon one but- felt like a really obvious because it's not yeah. quite like a. It, Straight up answer. Yeah, like the whole what's deadly in flies or whatever. It's sparrow with a machine gun. Penguin. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, pigeon, penguin. Like they had the same leap in logic of like, yeah. what's another bird? That was probably yeah, the most 100%. clear one to me. Yeah, but all of them had an element of like, ah, oh, that's kind of funny, but also pretty mm. clever. Um, And what else? What else would I say? I think you um, said um, I, the stitching the, on, on, his, on his. Well, yeah, that's what mask. I meant by the design of the cow. Like, um, Adam West has the uh, has like the drawn on sort of brows and that nose part, which yeah. sort of Pattinson stitching and like the design of the cow makes it look very similar to that. And there was a couple of other ones. Now I'm I'm kind of forget. Oh, well, Adam West's Batmobile is probably the closest thing to this Batmobile mm-hmm. um, from the sound of the engine firing up and the fact that you know it's like a giant booster on the back. I mean, all of them have that, but it's also like. A regular car. Wait, me one more to add. Just his interaction with people when he's like solving clues. He's very just kind of like procedural, just stating the facts um, very dryly. And some humor kind of comes from that, where you know, like the thumb drive yeah. incident. That's something that if Adam West Batman was a little darker, more serious, it would that's probably, what he would probably he'd, have done. yeah, he'd do yeah. something similar. 
that might be the only one yeah. I would add. I actually want to talk about before we get into what you liked, what mm-hmm. I like, uh, what you didn't like. Oh, uh, because there's uh, there's no point in me talking about this because there was nothing that I disliked. Yeah. Okay. Um, as as far as things I didn't like, there's definitely a few moments where I, I kind of put a question mark, so to speak. Um, aha. Uh, <laughs> with certain scenes, like just a few little, like I don't know if I would say logic things, but by way of an example, and I think I mentioned this one to you after we saw it. Um, there's a sequence. There's trailers, of course, of it. Um, where a vehicle runs into a funeral um, in progress and a bloke jumps out who's got a bomb around his neck, you know, and a message for the Batman and the phone. Yeah, the DA. Gilgis. Yeah, the DA. Um, it was really odd to me that the police, prior to him getting out of the car, police are there, they've got their guns out, trained on the vehicle, you know, get out of the car. It's. It was strange to me that no one was on kind of like crowd control or moving people out sooner. Um, that I don't know. That might just be like my, in my mind. I'm thinking. I get people would stand there in shock, like what the hell. But I feel like Gordon or someone would have been like, "Let's get these people out of here quick." Um, you know, because you have no idea right. what's going to happen. I understand these are th- that kind of stuff is nitpicky, but just sort of yeah, there's just occasions like that where it was odd. Oh, the only stuff you can really like fault in this movie is pretty much nitpicks. Just on the story level, I think. Um, another one was Batman Escapes. You know the police uh, precinct, and they're sort of after him because, uh, as far as they're concerned, he sort of assaulted Gordon. But also, he's trying to get out of there, you know, because he knows that the dirty cop, like he knows who the dirty cop is, and the dirty cop knows who he is. And he's like, "Oh fuck!" So he you yeah. know, tries to kind of stage an escape. But it, it's strange, and I think the very next scene is Gordon's calling him on the bat signal. Um, and I, I, it's I also, feel like it, police he- would know that. Uh, that's a call especially of because kind. it's just up the street. Yeah, if you look at that, um, where the construction site is in certain angles, you can actually see in the background the uh the tower that Bruce glides from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's on the same street, but I don't know, man. Like, I guess, I guess that's just like one of those things with Batman. It's like like something I would any villain ever just go and pull the. F- the bat signal and just ambush Batman when he arrives type stuff. That's true. I mean, that that's probably like a weird, that, that is funny when you think about that. It's like, hmm. And I guess, I guess maybe the only other things that come to mind, um, I would probably say, I thought this is kind of a positive at the same time. The cinematography was pretty fucking spectacular. Um, as oh, far as yeah, I'm concerned. Man, beautiful film. But there was some strange creative choices with whatever lens they were using in certain scenes, which had a very shallow focus. Depth of field. Yeah, and there's it's nothing wrong with that as far as, like, to be creative or something. But there was... And I, I think it's in the first trailer as well, people know. I think it's a shot of Batman's boots, and the whole thing was just out of focus. And I'm like, what am I looking at? Oh, it's, it's, it's because he's, he's looking at um. Be, uh... I know because he's looking at something off camera, which is I think the uh, the murder weapon of the first victim or so, or something that no or no blood, no it's the, um, the little blood splatter in the, the the number seven, and he walks over to it, and as he walks into it, it becomes in focus. Yeah, yeah, it was just it's strange, and then in the final act, um, 
during when this action scene. down the wire? Oh, not even the wire, but just around it. it, it I'm not sure. It's tricky because I don't know if it's the um, size of the screen we saw it in, but it looked like the kind of left and right sections were kind of very blurred and smudgy. It's oh, you're strange. talking about when he's hanging in general and the grounds below him? Just most of that fight. And a few a few little sequences oh. too in when the uh, candidate's been elected for mayor, whatever her name is. Um, Bella Real. Yeah. There's, it just seems like a very circular focus and then there's an odd... It doesn't appear a lot in the film, but when it pops up, I noticed it. And I'm not, again, sure if it's just this huge screen we saw it on and, you know, just the outside of it is just, you know, like it was intended for maybe a slightly smaller widescreen format, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, no, it was made for IMAX, man. So, yeah, so that stuff would have been like cut out in an IMAX format, you know what I mean, versus... Um, oh, yeah, because it's like 4.3 or whatever. Yeah, so it's slightly inwards, but it's the IMAX thing is it's more like it's very close to a box, so it gives you more like, yeah, height. It's more of a square than anything yeah. else. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, I get you. Um, it was, um, to it was me, it just kind of makes it comic booky, um, where he's popping out of the screen. Yeah. Sort of like, you know what I mean? The only other thing, I guess, was I didn't feel all that invested, admittedly, in the kind of relationship Batman and Catwoman have as far as like the romance angle. Uh, and I wasn't all that invested either in the Alfred bruce relationship like <laughs> feels a bit bad saying this but i was a little indifferent to when he nearly like blew up i was like oh, okay rather than like a shock yeah. i was just like oh, okay i guess this is happening like that's fair i think the okay. thing about this movie is that it does rely on like knowledge of the character's history like you know there's not even like the origin story for batman because everybody knows that right so it kind of relies on you to also know that Alfred and Bruce, like, obviously Alfred raised Bruce. They do sort of, like, tell you as well that there's a few differences on how he raised Bruce in this in this film. Um, and that he, like, you know, he had zero emotional connection, which even Michael Caine's Alfred gave Bruce. You know, like, I watched actually watched a bit of Batman Begins last night mm-hmm. after watching it with you. And, you know, he even, like, hugs him and tells him, like, oh, it wasn't your fault. It was all his fault just his alone and nothing to do with you yeah and like hugs him and embraces him and stuff but this alfred obviously did none of that you know he says like oh i just taught you how to fight but you really needed somebody to to be there for you and i couldn't do that Mm -hmm. that's why they're like so cold but you know obviously bruce and he still have an unspoken bond of course and they sort of like mutually understand that with the with each other at the end um but obviously i think a lot of people talk about the third act um i completely disagree with anyone who says that it's out of place i think that's where all the character growth happens Uh, we might talk a little at length in a second my only issue Mm. with it is more or less it does feel a bit there are elements of it that feel kind of rushed yeah like everything just kind of happens yeah, I don't know. There's just something. It's just something about it which didn't feel as like tight or as polished as the previous kind of two sections. And when I say third act, I do mean from the kind of reveal that there's something more after he sees Riddler in uh, his cell, I guess, or in interrogation room, in visitors' room, or yeah. Whatever. I think that's, that about that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm sure over time when I watch watch it again, 
more things will probably pop up, as is the case with any film. You know, like there are things that I picked up watching scenes from, you know, Batman Begins or rewatching that film or rewatching The Dark Knight, where I went, you know what, this could have been handled a bit better, or this doesn't really make yeah. sense. Like one, one of them which we've talked at at length is the climactic sequence where it didn't occur to me until a recent watch, like where he just leaves Razo Gul to die. I mean, he sort of set up the conditions to have him die. And, you know, he's responsible for his death. He's like, oh, you yeah. Know. It's kind of like me stacking like a giant like wall that's going to fall down mm-hmm. and then like maneuvering somebody into a position where that will fall on them. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like sweeping their legs so they fall on the floor. And then also being the only person that could drag them to safety and being like, uh, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. <laughs> yeah. Like it could like, be, it could have, it would have just needed to be rewritten slightly differently where it was Raz's own doing, like his determination to just go full ham and destroy a city. And Batman said, well, look, that's, that's on you. I was concerned a little bit about, um, I guess, yeah, the use of villains we've seen before, but I was quite pleased with how they turned also out. Also multiple villains. Um, yeah. Multiple. I think I still think that that was a bit of a detriment, not as much as I thought it would be, um, but Riddler, it's for example, like Spider-Man Three, and like oh Amazing god, yeah, no. or it's, anything. It's that you don't have anything where it's like Venom Amazing and Sadman just suddenly show up and go, "Hey, let's team up," even though we don't know each other because there's 20 minutes left before the film ends. You know, there's nothing like that. That's probably the most egregious. Yeah, the characters are all like they all do get time to shine, mm-hmm. but I I think specifically, and a lot of people have said this, Riddler kind of just disappears for a section of the film. Yep, yep, I would say but that too. I mean, it it kind of makes sense. He's just waiting for Batman to to solve his riddle, basically. Batman that whole time is just trying to find out like who's the rat, and then he finally like gets in contact with the Riddler using the website, and the Riddler gives him another riddle. Uh, he's my next target. Mm. So in a way, yeah, he does disappear, but there is like re- there is some reason to it, in my opinion, anyways. You mentioned, I think, prior to watching this, that you really liked the opening. Um, I think it was well, like a stronger like, scene. I guess the, the second part of the opening, like after the Riddler. Yeah. I mean, I love that part. I love that part too. That's the Riddler's scary as fuck in that scene, man. Mm. And like the way he like kind of like yells right as he like lunges at um, the mayor. That I jumped when I first saw that movie. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> it's such a creepy yell. And the, his, his, the way his body is animated whilst he's, like, bludgeoning him. You know what I mean? He's not just mm-hmm. using his arm. He's using his entire body. Yeah. I guess it's meant to, like, insinuate. It, it looks creepy, but also maybe insinuating, like, he's very, very weak, <laughs> as he himself states later. You know, he's not strong. Mm-hmm. So he has to use his body. Yeah. So you, you were talking mainly about, like, when Batman's sort of introduced or the narration begins. Oh, bro. As soon as that hits, like, there's the... October thirty first. Yeah. Okay. That that part is definitely best Batman introduction. I agree. I don't. That is think... a masterpiece, man. That part. <laughs> Batman. So be- Batman begins would be almost in line with it if it weren't for the action. The action. Yeah, cutting. the action cutting. Yeah. But the actual like, I'm Batman, and then headbutts. Oh yeah, that that's part really iconic. So different, man. I agree. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they also didn't make him say, I'm Batman. I think it was better to have him say, I'm Vengeance. Like, just to mm -hmm. differentiate him as well. Yeah, of course. But I, to me, to me, the reason that this movie has the edge is because in that film, in Begins, he's there, right? Like, yep. Batman's there. He's taking all these guys down. And they know he's there, but they just can't find him. In this movie, they just see the signal and there's like, you know, heavy shadow darkness near them. And they're like, oh shit, I need to get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Just, he could be there. He could be there. It's not, mm. oh, he is there. I'm scared. It's, he could be there. He might not, but he could. And I don't want to take that risk. Yeah. That's so cool to me, man. And then when he actually is there, like his footsteps hitting the ground in the darkness, that is crazy. Like, oh man. From that moment, I was like, from the moment that like he started his narration the first time I watched it to the end of the film, I don't think I looked away from the screen once. I don't think my mouth stopped gaping. His narration is beautiful. The line, like the way he words things, you know, uh, that shit was crazy. And also, yeah. like, like you know, the whole narration, you know, uh, it's a big city. I can't be everywhere, but they don't know where I am. Yeah, so good. It also has a second um, purpose, the journal, of course, where he's uh, actually writing that down. Oh, not even that. I was thinking more like the the kind of obvious sort of parallels they make between him and the Riddler, where the Riddler also has a journal. And I think, I want to say, he writes something eerily similar to something yeah, Batman Yeah, he does. That's why point. Batman's staring at Gordon while he reads it out to him. Yeah. He's like, I know what I must become. I thought that was really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I've got to all probably the, um, get... Oh, sorry. All the characters, all the, the like, the main characters, all I, okay, specifically the two main villains, Falcone and Riddler, each share like a uh, a similarity to Batman. Riddler in being a vigilante himself and like being inspired by him, being disenfranchised, being an orphan, but in different circumstances. Yeah. And Falcone being a force of like fear. And working and with I the police too. More... Yeah, and working with the police. Yeah. I'd like to talk more about like nuances that we noticed. Um, oh yeah, sure. You go later, first because after I... we no like after like later after we just talk about scenes that we liked oh sure yeah like uh, the highlight reel all right the highlight reel okay well i'll say pretty much everything at the iceberg lounge i really digged <laughs> um the first time was probably the best one where i was i had in my head he's gonna sneak in and he literally just fucking knocks on the door, knocks on the door. Suit. <laughs> um that was actually that was fantastic um i love the line i that the whole line lines of dialogue between him and the twins like mm. you know who i am yeah i got a good idea <laughs> closes the door and then oh no i want to see the penguin there's no penguin i just told this guy there's no penguin uh get out of here buddy are you that suit's gonna be covered in blood full of blood mine or yours this <laughs> just beats the fuck like doesn't even beat them up he just kind of like quickly takes them down and walks in yeah and then you hear that one girl she's like I saw that. I saw all of it <laughs> as he's walking past, as if yeah. as if he's going to care. 
Um, I also like how he notices Catwoman's boots. That's the first thing he notices. And then also, like, when he's looking at the photos of Annika leaving with the mayor. Yeah, she's wearing the same he, boots. She's wearing the same boots. But then also the red herring of the girl at the funeral wearing those boots as well. Yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice little attention to detail. Yeah, that was really good. There's a lot of, like, really, like, well done attention to details in this film, I would say. Yeah, I'm sure I, it, on the second rewatch, I'll be looking out for those smaller things and that there'll be a bunch popping up, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I'll be like, They're oh, damn, that's used. great. Um, but, I mean, we can even go into the little nuance and symbolism stuff now, like the the big one I talked to you and uh, Mr. Davino about, of course, who is guest starred on one of these episodes. We need yes. to bring him back. Um, yes. Was uh, the whole final sequence, of course, involves a destruction of the seawall um and a bit of flooding and i kind of <laughs> in a sort of artsy fartsy mindset interpreted that as like a deliberate you know reference to the biblical narrative of noah's ark as far as like flooding and uh making the world anew well yeah because the whole thing is renewal is a lie but riddler actually wants to make renewal happen yeah but he wants to force it yeah um and what was interesting though is is the way that it kind of there's sort of a twist to it where it's kind of becomes like a renewal for Batman in the sense of like, you know, as as the waters are flooding, he's kind of, it's sort of symbolically washing away his vengeful side where he kind of goes, well, okay, I've got to be the hero he, here. When, when that guy from the funeral whose daughter died gets unmasked and yeah. he says, he also says, I'm vengeance. And yeah. Batman looks at him, he's like, oh man. Yeah, no, there's a lot of imagery. What, what example am I setting? No, exactly. But even just fighting the different Riddlers, because at that point he kind of realizes that Riddler's inspired by him. You can almost kind of like interpret that scene as he's fighting his inner demons to kind of rid his like vengeful nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because they're all deliberately he's, he's, looking like they're him. all technically inspired by him. Yeah. So they're 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 because of the way he's acted has caused this this group to to act like that. Exactly. Okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Batmobile. Uh, th- not for too long. I mean, I was just going to say that that's another, like, really good, good scene on the edge of your seat. Um, oh, man. The standoff with My Penguin and oh, the engine revving and the blue flame. So oh. good. The engine, like, goes orange as well. Yeah. It's, like, on fire almost. Hm. Um, and I that love- chase sequence was good, too. The camera angles, man, like how they had it sometimes on the side, sometimes on the back of the car, sometimes inside the car. Yeah, they kept sometimes... it very like tight and claustrophobic almost just to kind of... Oh, you, there was no overhead shots. Did you notice that? Yeah. I, I just thought about that. You, like you never see just like a big wide shot of both the cars. Yeah, there's no helicopters with spotlights or any of that nonsense. Um, and also he didn't somehow turn his giant tank into uh nothing and just pull behind two cop cars and they lost him somehow. Yeah. That's the worst part about the begin chase sequence. I had to bring that up <laughs> when he just like um turns off the car or like puts it into stealth mode and the cops somehow don't see the giant black tank driving next to them. Even though yeah. all he did was like slightly reverse behind them. Maybe maybe they um didn't have rearview mirrors. I forgot to. Maybe they're fucking blind. <laughs> the diversity higher for <laughs> blind cops. Yeah. Damn. Maybe we shouldn't put them in cars. I do love in this film that they show him using his gadgets. They make a point of even showing you 
when he gets them out of his belt. I don't know what it was about that, but I really liked that. Mm. Like, hey, look, he's using his utility belt. He's using his gadgets. Especially like the like the grappling hook and stuff. He does it all the time. Mm. I liked that it wasn't a separate gun or like a belt attachment. Just shoots out of his wrist. Yeah, that was, that was really pretty cool. neat. I really enjoyed that. I do hope also that he gets batarangs. At some point. Although that's not really like something that needs to happen. His grappling hook is kind of filling the void for batarang in this version anyways. Where it's something he can quickly whip out and shoot at somebody rather than having to throw it. Yeah. Like, you know how Batman will like typically use a batarang to knock a gun out of somebody's hand from a distance or something like that. He could just do that with this. I mean, he kind of does it when he shoots that guy through the leg and trips him over so he can't get shot with a gun. Oh, before I... I, um, Sorry. So I'm going to cut myself off there because we were talking about nuances and stuff. Yeah. Falcone. um, A couple of things I noticed about Falcone. One is that earlier I was saying that Batman and Falcone are... What do you call it? Forces of, of fear. They are like agents of fear. One thing I found interesting is Falcone covers pretty much the only part of his body that Batman doesn't really cover, like sort of speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. eyes. Yeah. Um, Falcone, you never see his eyes, but Batman is constantly showing emotion with his eyes, and um, you know. Falcone, that's what makes him he's actually almost less human than Batman because of that, because you never see a hint of any emotion from him. Mm. Well, and as I say, the eyes all. are meant to be like the window to the soul. The window to the soul, yeah. So that was one hundred percent done on purpose. We also both noticed that he recognizes Bruce right before he dies. He when he's yeah. looking up at him, he realizes, Oh, that's Bruce. And Bruce, in turn, watching him die, is just knows now he'll never find out for sure. One hundred percent could never know who killed his parents, mm. which is kind of sad, but interesting. Interesting that he never finds out. Yeah, he's got two conflicting narratives: from one from Alfred and, and one, one from of them, Falcone, in terms of like, yeah, and the only other guy that could say anything is Maroney, who's in jail. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, more than likely, he would just say, nah, Falcone's lying. It was him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, because they're like the two biggest mob bosses. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, that was a good I really pick that. Um, but yeah, I've just noticed we've been recording for quite a while. Yes, we um, do have to end it here. We'll probably have to end it. Would you? I'll let you ask a question if you want. In terms oh, of, oh man, I don't know what question to ask about this movie. All right, well, here's one. I know that the answer is probably going to be overwhelmingly one thing, but did you like Paul Dano as the Riddler? Um, I'm not gonna actually. I'm not gonna ask it that way. Okay, did you like Paul Dano as much or more than? Or less than Heath Ledger as the Joker. I think I can predict what people would say to that, but uh, okay. my answer is probably slightly different. 
anyways, um, we'll see you in two more months or possibly two years when the next Batman film comes out. I guess. No, they said three to five. Fuck. We'll do well, the Penguin show. We'll do the Penguin show, and maybe some other things along the way. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Joe's apartment. Oh yeah, I forgot we watched that. I have to rewatch it because I forgot uh, everything about it. Just remember those cockroaches nice. in an apartment. That's how good the movie is. So good, I forgot everything that happened. Anyways, thank you for listening. I hope that I didn't piss anybody off with my opinions or anything. Um, and I hope you guys really liked this movie as much as I did because it this movie is something very, very, very special to me. Goodbye. Bye.